Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Feeder Series. Today we have Sebastian Hoentel on the line. He's currently racing in the newly formed Formula 2 Championship. Hello Sebastian. Hello. Hello. Where are you at the moment? At the moment we are, we are based, since this season I've been based in Sweden the whole, whole year, in my own town, which is three hours north from Stockholm. I used to live in Northampton, but uh, since Formula 2 is racing all over Europe, I, I've been based in Sweden this summer. That sounds great. And uh, how are you feeling about this last round in uh, Barcelona? It has been an unusual big gap from the uh, second to last round to the last round. It has been very long, almost a month, I, I guess, or it is a month. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it always it takes time. I haven't been in any car whatsoever in between the coming up to this last round so it will be it will be tough getting into the car luckily we have a test on monday before the the weekend we're racing at barcelona we have a test at barcelona so that should be all right to get back in the car and we have a, a full day so that's good have you uh, ever raced at barcelona before no never that's one of the, the biggest problems for me this year is um, i have only been on a two or three circuits that i've been racing on before the rest of the circuits has been all new for me. But it's good in one way because from the two championship, it's good that they are traveling to different uh, countries, not only different circuits at a single country. Here we are doing doing eight rounds at six different countries, I think it is. So that, that's, that's good. As you've just said, you haven't raced at Barcelona before. How do you prepare for a track you've never been to? Uh, I think that's a, it's a good question to ask to me because that's what I have done wrongly this year. I thought that, uh, coming up to this season, I thought that uh, every time before it's been easy for me to learn circuits. But now we have a new car to learn as well. And Formula 2 car has for me been pretty tricky to get my head around. And then coming to new circuits with only with only two and a half, two half an hour sessions on the Friday before the first qualifying, which is always on Friday afternoon in Formula 2, it has been very tough. So I, I thought it was going to be easier to learn the circuits, but it has actually been turned out to be tougher. And uh, again, as in many single-seater and junior series uh, categories, it's it's depending a lot of on the budget if you can raise enough money to do testing in some other categories. Obviously, the Formula Two guys, not not a single guy has been allowed to test more than another in Formula Two. But some of the drivers in the in the championship in the Formula Two championship has been doing some World Series racing and testing. Some has been racing in Formula 3 and tested a lot in Formula 3. But it always comes down to money. And in these categories, for example, World Series, they are quoting to have a test day for 10 or 15,000 euros. It's obviously, it's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. I think that the... Of all the different drivers and the different series that I've talked to, the, the overall problem does seem to be, as you say, it seems to be uh, a lack of money for, for young drivers such as yourself. I just want to go back to, to earlier in your career. You were the, uh, the Formula Renault UK champion in 2006. How, how was it uh, to win that championship? In, in Britain, it's a big championship. And how did that affect your career? It's... Um as you say, it's a very big championship in Britain. It's it's a very big championship in Europe as well, and the cars are fantastic. If you have a grid with thirty odd cars, it's always good to be 
to be in there. And uh, that that year we had some quick drivers in. For example, we have Sam Bird who's doing. I can see on internet he's going to do GP2 now, and he's a quick driver. So we have some some very quick drivers that year in the championship. And uh, to win a championship like this is always good, but nothing comes. Nothing comes for free. Even if I even if I won that championship, I still had had to, to raise money to do the Formula Three and so on. What I'm trying to tell you is that it's, it's quite tough. There's so many single seaters uh, championships over all over the world, and a lot of them championships are very very hard. And the guys in the top always can be very quick, whether they it's in Germany or Italy or China or Great Britain and all them guys wants to go to Formula 1 and it's always going to be so many places in Formula 1 and there's always going to be much more people with the talent to come to Formula 1 but they can't make it because it's so tough. When you look at all the different series now, there are so many around. How do you decide? You you clearly made quite a classic route so you went from Formula 4 to Formula Renault to Formula 3 and now Formula 2. How do you decide what the best route for you is? Mm, it's as you said I, I'm, I'm quite classic I like the classic way because people have been, been succeeding doing it the classic way that's why it's called the classic way so for me I knew that Formula 4 in the UK was very good and tough championship so that's why I wanted to be in Formula 4 and, and being quick in Formula 4 finishing third in the festival led to, to a deal with Fortec Motorsport in Formula Renault we finished fourth in the first Formula Renault season 2005 and decided to stay with the team and my engineer for 2006 and we won that championship and then after 2006 we decided to do Formula 3 again with Fortec Motorsports so for me it was always trusting a lot to the team I had uh, or I still have very very nice relationship with Fortec Motorsports so that's why I did four seasons with them and then obviously Formula 2 for me is uh, I couldn't raise the money to do GP2 and then I saw Formula 2 came up and I must say I'm very very impressed with the work Jonathan Palmer has done with the championship even if I'm not in the top of the championship this year, he has still done. It's a really, really good championship. But as you say, so many series, and and it's always tricky to know for all drivers coming up next year. I'm reading they're going to be this new GP3 championship. What's going to happen with the Formula 3 Euro series? What's going to happen with the three British International series, and so on? It's it's always going to be hard to decide. And for some drivers like me, it, it will come down to money as well. Is is Formula One still your goal? Uh, it's one goal amongst others. You should always have a big goal to aim for and, and work towards. But uh, as you know, the world of motorsport is quite huge. You have America, you have the GT series, you have different touring car championships as well. So I, I think you should uh, you should uh, keep your doors open. And from my point of view, I always take one year at a time. I do my contracts for one year and then I see what, what happens next year and then I do the contracts again trying to, to raise money to carry on racing. How do you decide uh, when to start uh, negotiating those contracts and trying to work out where your next step is? Is it a, an after the season thing or do you start looking into the options uh, midway through the season? I think I start to look midway through the season. Uh, contacts with the sponsors, I have uh, 365 days a year. I, I'm doing it myself. I don't have any manager. I still do do mostly myself. Uh, at the moment, I have uh, around 50 sponsors supporting me, mainly local hometown companies, but also some big Swedish companies. And 
And it has become like a family because I've been working with sponsors since I was racing in Sweden back in 2003 and we won the Swedish and Nordic Championship in Formula 4 over here. So, uh, What I'm trying to say is that they, they know who I am and, and I know who they are and I think they always they sponsor me as a person so I'm quite lucky in that way because I can bring my sponsors to areas I think it's good and for they it doesn't really matter. They still want to be, be helping me as a person. And I think it's they like it as a great adventure, whether I'm doing Formula 2, Formula 3 or Renault. They still love the, loved coming out from, traveling out from Sweden, come visiting the circuits uh, in, in different countries. That's good for them. In Sweden, we're only used to football and ice hockey, so it's good to have them out on some motorsport as well. It's, it's a different thing for the employees or uh, customers. Do you think Formula 2 as a championship can rival the GP2 series as a main step into Formula 1? I think so. Uh, and I think because Formula 2 is cheaper, much, much cheaper uh, than GP2, I think it's easier to get more drivers to, to uh, Formula 2 and I still believe that there's a lot of drivers out there that has very good talent, but they still maybe don't have the enough cash to do GP2 Asia Series or do the GP2 Summer Series. I mean, to do GP2, uh, to do GP2 properly, you need to to do the Asia Series as a build build up to the coming main championship. And to do Asia Series is super much money, and and then do the the championship with the best team is. It's another big bunch of money that needs to be brought forward. And in that way, I think Formula 2 can attract uh, drivers with with uh, as good talent as GP2 drivers, but with a less budget. And I believe it's better to be good amongst many than it is to be amongst a few. This year, tragically, we had the Henry Surtees' death in Formula 2. How, how did that affect the championship? How did that affect the morale of of the people uh, in, who are running the championship and the drivers like yourself? Uh, it's, for me, I can only speak for myself, but I, I guess a lot of or all the drivers got that uh, had to dealt with something they had not done before. Obviously, we all know that motorsport is dangerous, but it's far less dangerous than uh, the ordinary guy on the street thinks. I mean, we have some big crashes, but you only have maybe a, a broken bone or a, an arm as, as the biggest problem. But now we had the Henry Surtis accident. It happened in the same race at the same lap uh, that we had all the other Formula 2 drivers were in doing a brand search. So it was it was uh, definitely a very sad and tragic moment for, for all of us in the championship. Following that accident and then the one of uh, Felipe Massa a week later, there was there was a lot of talk in the motoring press about Formula 2 uh, and Formula 1 as well not being safe enough. What do you think about this? Do you think that they were just freak accidents or do you think that something more does have to be done? I think it was two bizarre accidents and, and um, I think motorsport is safe. There's always going to be a chance of, of hurting yourself. Especially in single seaters, where where you're having your head uh, outside your car, basically. But um, 
if you look at the Formula 2 championship just after the accident, they were all they remanufactured the cars uh, and the upright sus- suspension mountings and all the remanufactured on the Formula 2 cars. So yes, the Formula 2 cars became uh, a bit safer after the accident. But then again, if you're asking me if, if someone is to blame on an accident like like the 30s or the Massa, I don't think there's no one to blame. It's just uh, very, very unlucky. I think that most people in the motorsport background would definitely agree with you that uh, I think it was just very, very unlucky to have two of those kind of similar accidents uh, within a week of each other. Mm. The good thing is that it always it raises the question whether the sport is safe or not, and I think it's always good that, that uh, the question is brought forward because it, it definitely makes the sport safe as a safer sport. Sport and and uh, I knew I know what kind of changes they did on the Formula Two cars and that was good and I must say it was impressive the day that on a very short time basis from from the uh, between the races after Brands Hatch. How has your Formula Two season gone? I mean, clearly it's like you say that you haven't been at many of the circuits before, so that's been a struggle. But uh, what have been the biggest challenges? I think the car is quite a big difference from a from a nice and tidy Formula 3 car. This one is much bigger, more powerful, bigger wheels and so on. It's a little bit, it's tougher to, to, to get your head. For me, it's tougher to get my head around the Formula 2 car compared to the Formula 3. Uh, Formula Renault and Formula 3 car, I think they are quite similar, and especially in speed. But this one is, is with the turbo engine. Uh, a bit hard work, I must say. It's a fantastic car to drive, but it's tough one, tough one. For me, the circus that has been been all right has been the English circus where we qualified up there, both at Brands Hatch and at Donington, and then I really didn't race very good in the races, but we still managed to get the fifth place and and a second place in one of the qualifyings and a fastest lap in one of the tests. So I think the English rounds show that when I know the circuit, we can be quick, but all the other circuits has been uh, pretty pretty hard for me to to learn. When you say it's it's harder, when you I mean you're clearly you're coming up to the end of the season. Uh, when you finish a Formula Three season and you know you're going into Formula Two, how does that affect your your winter your winter training? Uh, how do you plan uh, what you're going to do and how you're going to make yourself fitter? You can always be working in the gym. The best thing to do, uh, if, if I ask some advice, I think the best thing you can do is just drive as much course as possible, do some very serious testing, and, and nothing nothing compares to, to be in a race car and do all these days testing at the circus throughout the winter. Now, to do that, you need to raise quite a lot of money. So my problem was that um, we didn't test anything ending last year's Formula 3 season coming up to Formula 2, we, we just went straight into the Formula 2 car and, and for, for you guys that have followed the championship, you know that it started off very late, the beginning of May was the first time we ever uh, tested a course at Snetterton and then at the end of May was our premiere at, at Valencia Circuit, so it was all kind of late into the season and I had had, had just too, too long gap to uh, without being in the car so I think the best thing to train during the winter is just to, to keep on driving. What are your plans for next year then? Well, always an opportunity to stay in Formula 2. But now we have done a very tough season. We have learned the circuits. Hopefully the circuits next year will not be as different from this year. I think a lot of them we have been racing at this year will carry on for the next year's schedule. 
and perhaps there will be some more rounds. I think uh, I personally think that Jonathan will, will run the championship without or with not only eight rounds. I think we will be doing ten ten rounds like they're doing all the other series ten or more. I think so. Um, other than that, I think there is some more interesting choices to to consider. But uh, at the moment, for me, if I'm gonna stay in single seater. I'd rather carry on doing Formula 2 and, and, and see what, what next year can bring them. But uh, I never say anything until I have the contract sorted out. You're saying Jonathan's running the series really well. I mean, how is the series equal for all drivers? Well, we have uh, every driver has their own mechanic, which is the mechanic uh, you have for the whole season. So the, the guy, Jules, who helps me, he has been on my car from the very very first lap at Snetterton and he will be on till the very last lap at Barcelona and all the drivers had had the same mechanic throughout the season then we have eight engineers circulating between these 25 cars so I have one engineer every one different engineer every weekend and I'm working together with three other drivers every weekend. So we're sharing three drivers sharing this engineer every or a different engineer every weekend. So that's uh, that's how it is uh, for all of us. And then obviously each session, the quickest guy of each session has to give away their uh, lap computer data. So you can easily see where you're slower and, and compare compare the graphs to the different corners. So that's that's a, a thing when which you can't have in other junior formulas except in Formula Two, which is very good. It's very useful. You also have this video onboard videos on the car, so you can not only have the lap on the data, you can also download the video from the quickest guy and your own cars, obviously, and then you can compare it. Uh, on the video as well, and then you will see see it um, almost like it's in in real real. What do you do when you're not racing? Do, are you a are you a full time uh, race driver, or do you have a job when you're back in Sweden as well? Your answer to the, the full time job is yes. I've been doing this since I moved to England 2004. Uh, I finished school 2004, and then I moved to England. Uh, and since then, uh, this has been my full-time job. I'm working well. I'm not on racing circuits. We're doing quite a lot of work with the sponsors, so it will. It's it's a job that requires attention every day of the year. I think the sponsor obviously is lot lot of work during the winter time and the summer. I love to be on the racing circuits. And if I'm not doing either of that, uh, I like being on the lake in a boat doing some water sports or the best thing in Sweden since, since I live where it's snowing a lot on the winters is to go out on the snowmobile having some fun. And I used to have some English people here, both mechanics and engineers. They are coming here every year and we're doing some playing in the snow. That's always good fun. Sebastian will be racing this weekend in Barcelona for the final round of the Formula 2 Championship. Some of the music providers tonight was from Mevio's Music Alley. Check it out at music.mevio.com. For more information about the Feeder Series podcast, visit www.feederseries.tk. And finally, 
If you're a subscriber to this podcast by clicking on the iTunes link through the Feeder Series website, then please unsubscribe and search for the Feeder Series in the iTunes store and subscribe there. If you're a subscriber for the RSS feed, then please visit www.feederseries.tk to find out if you're subscribed to the correct feed.